I love love. That butterfly kind of oh those oh oh kind kind. I tell pastor that I wish my job as pastor's wife was to just be telling who will marry who. That's like don't even pay me. Just let my job will be you and you. But apparently and sometimes sadly we have a higher calling. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. So I'm really excited about all the young relationships I've seen and I've always loved love. Always. I remember when I was 13 years old, I schooled in Federal Government Girls College, Benin. How many of you went to the boarding house? I don't mean private. If you went to private boarding house, put your hand down. <laughs> Those of you that went to real boarding house, Federal Government Navy Command. I went, you know, I camped in one private boarding school one time and I saw that there were irons and kettles just lying around. And I'm like, no, this is not how you do it. You have to suffer. <laughs> Iron and kettle. Ha! So I was in a real boarding house, by the way. Six years, never late. Sometimes I even stayed in school for me, Tim. But one of the times I didn't stay in school for me, Tim, I went to visit my sister at Delsu, my elder sister. And so she, we were going out one day together. And she said, ah, pick a book. So I picked, um, it was Pastor Bimbo Care was still alive then. So it was her newest book, I think, um, How to Choose a Life Partner. And I was 13 years old, about to enter SS. And she was like, come here, you small girl. <laughs> of all the books here, why are you picking a relationship book? And I was like, ah, you don't understand, because I love love. <laughs> Another thing I got introduced to early on was Jesus Christ and his love. And so, you can imagine when you have two things you love so much being brought together. Christian romance, right? And I'm launching one today. Because I think that it's important as believers that we tell our own stories. We don't wait for the world to tell it, tell it for us. The world says you fall in love, then the next thing you kiss, then you just pull clothes, kiss table, and then... And I'm like, it doesn't really work like this, oh. What the thing about Christian romance, which I do like, is that it gives us a sense that once you are in love and in Christ, it's happily ever after. There are no challenges. And as a writer, I like that idea because you won't be able to buy your book. You don't have to be like, so at the end of the book, they do not now marry. But usually when writers say happily ever after, what they mean is just the beginning. Somebody say just the beginning. So today I want to talk to you today about in Christ, in love, and in trouble. Can you repeat after me? In Christ, in love, and in trouble. Because I think there's, and I don't know if it's our fault as believers who talk about relationships, who don't share the fact that there are so many challenges in dating relationships, even as believers. And don't get me wrong, love and marriage are very beautiful. But if you don't understand the work attached to it, it's almost the same thing as having a wrong idea of it. This is Lagos now. You know the way people direct you in Lagos? You say, I want to go to number five, Tony Street. Say, ah, you know far now. See, you see that moth there. The thing about moths, for example, those buildings, is that they are so high. And so if they use it to direct you, you think the place is close. But it's actually really far. 
And so one time somebody directed me and said, you see that place there? Just walk like this, walk like this, you get there. And you find yourself walking for 20 minutes. And by the time you get there, you are so angry. Like, if this person had told me, I would have prepared my mind, maybe just taking a bite. Praise the name of Jesus. So, understanding that something is not easy is a good thing. Because you can prepare yourself for the work ahead. Praise the name of the Lord. And so that's what I want to talk to you today about. It's not a cynical title like, ah, oh, there's nothing there. There are roses, sometimes the roses have thorns. And so I want to talk to you guys as friends. Let's really talk about the issues that we face in dating relationships. Can we do that? All right, very good. And let's talk about why we face those issues. The first one is a personal problem. A personal problem. In other words, it's a you problem or a me problem. There's this nonsense show they do nowadays. It's called Married at First Sight. How many of you have watched it? I have a witness for reality shows. So. But let me explain to you what it means. It means what you just heard. It's not, it's not a play on words. You actually come to a TV show to marry somebody you have never met. For real. Like, it's not, they're not acting it. It's actually real. The first time you see the person that you might spend the rest of your life with is when you're walking down the aisle. Anything for the views. Anything for the views. And so, that's the first time you see that person you're going to get married to. Imagine if you walk to the front and forget how weird this might sound, just get my point. And you remove the veil of the person if you're a, girl, if you're a guy or the person turns in their tuxedo if you are a guy and you saw yourself. How many of you will marry you? You didn't get the question. But why you are doing a good job because you are raising a very honest church. <laughs> wow. Even the people that raise their hands, they are doing like this because their baby is close to them. <laughs> Not many of us will marry ourselves. So it means that we need to look first of all inwards. Are you the kind of person that you would like to marry? Because it's true that many times you come in contact with somebody who is strong in areas that you are weak and who is weak in the areas that you might be strong. But sometimes you meet somebody who is weak in those same areas they are weak. Two of you waking up by 9 o'clock and a child is supposed to go to school. Two of you liking to talk. Forgetting that somebody who likes to talk also should be listened to. And nobody can listen to the person. Two of you liking to lead. Without submitting yourself to one another. Many times there's something about the way love is. That music playing in your head that makes you think that anything is possible. But it doesn't always work that way. I always say that marriage or relationships will not change you. They will always amplify who you really are. Marriage or relationship will not change you. It will always amplify who you really are. 
So there is a need for each and every one of us to grow in maturity. Some of you, you can't get, they can't allow you to get angry outside though. You will just destroy everything we worked for here. So like, and then by the time your head now comes, I was so angry. Let me just tell you a very good news. In marriage, you will get even angrier. So you must work on yourself now to the point where if you were to marry you, you won't feel like God sets you up for failure. Praise the name of Jesus. I don't know if it's all how few of us raised our hands. And this is not me being judgmental, like this I know about myself now. If I let me keep quiet. Your pastor has married me. <laughs> don't without the hands. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you must learn to be competing yourself. And realize that relationships will not change you. Alright? And that if you are going to change, you must work on yourself. Some of us are in situations where we don't really know where our lives are going. All we know is, I want to be a wife. I want to be a husband. And Colossians 2.10 says, Ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. In other words, a relationship will not complete you. Many of us... Let me ask you a question. How many of us have entered a relationship to date somebody because we felt that person would make us more spiritual? Okay. Will make us more spiritual. How many times has it worked? No time. No time, right? Because when you are married to that person, you are more observant of their flaws. Do you understand? And you're like, if you are the person that is going to help me grow... It's not going to work. Praise the name of Jesus. So you must understand that it first of all begins with you. Praise the name of Jesus. I spoke to somebody who hadn't been coming to church a while back. And I said, why haven't you been coming to church? He said, ah, if I tell you, you won't like it. You won't. And everybody knows. And I said, what happened? He said, the way they look at me. I said, who looked at you? And she mentioned one person. That kind of thing will not help you grow. You stop going to your service unit because they didn't allow you to sing. Or you're an usher. They put you in that door instead of pastor's door. Little things like that. Praise the name of Jesus. So that maturity is very, very important. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. Say marriage will not change me. So you need to work on yourself. And you need to stop saying, that's how I am. You need to stop saying what? Who you really are is a born again spirit. You are teachable. You can change. Who you really are is not an emotional wreck that crushes on every single guy you meet, even though you are in a relationship. Do you hear what I said? Who you really are is not somebody that can't hold herself because of her past or himself. Who you really are is a born-again spirit, so you can be taught. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So that's not how you are. Praise the name of Jesus. The second thing is a choice problem. A choice problem. 1 Samuel 25, verse 3. Please open your Bibles. 1 Samuel 25, verse 3. I want us to read together, so let me know when you're there. Are you there? Are you there? Are you there now? 
Is the screen there? Alright, let's read together. Now the name of the man was, and the name of his wife was Abigail, and she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. But the man was churlish and evil in his doing, and he was of the house of Caleb. And Abigail's beautiful countenance and good understanding made her husband wise. It's not your Bible. Check again. No, check it very well. It's not your Bible. Oh. Uh, do you get what I'm trying to say? Because many times you're like, I don't know if you've ever met really amazing ladies or guys. Then you now meet the person's spouse. And you look at your life and you say, I thought I had problems. <laughs> and it's, it's a really sad thing because the more you go in ministry, the more you counsel people and your heart really bleeds for them. That's why I prefer to cancel single people than married people. Single people are so easy. Like, break up with him. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Just run. But married people, the advice I give them is two. Number one, pray. Number two, change. Number one is what? Because prayer changes things. Number two is what? Because you can't change the other person. And don't get me wrong, you adjusting yourself might eventually get the person to change a little. Or it might not. But when you are single, you have a choice. That's why I'm always a fan of dating intelligently. Because your good character cannot change somebody else. It's helpful advice in a marriage because we don't advise people to just walk out on marriages. And sometimes it does work. But let me tell you something. There are people I've met whose husbands don't have any plans to be faithful. No plans, like, it's not even something they are considering. Like, ah, ah. From where to where now? They are not considering it. How much change can she change to make a person faithful? Counseling a girl, single girl. The guy has cheated four times. Left with other people four times. She said, but I still feel God telling me that. They had broken up, oh. She said, I still feel God telling me that is the one. I said, let me tell you, I'm your sign. It's not the one. <laughs> and that was the end of our mentorship. I don't think we've not really spoken. Another that time, one girl met a guy on Facebook. He lives in America. According to the chat on Facebook, we all know that how reliable that is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And I said, why don't you? She said, you are getting married in Why don't you get to meet him in person first? You say, I'm marrying him, and that's final. Say, clap for yourself. <laughs> final destination. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. When you marry the wrong person, when you're, I will tell you this when you're married. When you're married, I've already told you your future advice is what? Two. And what? Number one? Number two. But when you are single, like, before I used to get a, ah, they were now married, they were not invite me. So I went for one wedding that I did not eat. So I was like, I beg, whatever. So when you're single, I can tell you, this isn't going to work. If, the love of Jesus 
shed on the cross. The Holy Spirit, who is supposed to convince us of all truth, cannot convince a person to know the Lord. What is so special about you? 20 years old, assistant Holy Spirit. See, I want us to be as frank as possible with ourselves. If you're going to choose, that person has to be a believer. Not all of them have to be a believer. The life they live has to be in agreement with the faith they profess. Like Jesus Christ, when we see tax collectors and sinners, we can eat with them. But when it's time to go into the deep friendships, we select Peter, James, and John. Do you understand? It's not in your marriage that you say, don't judge. You have to judge. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? Because even when you pick somebody who meets all the criteria based on the knowledge you have, someone you have a peace about, you will still have challenges. There are times in my marriage where my husband and I say, thank God we have the Holy Ghost. Because there are some situations where it's just God that will just talk to the other person and you will settle it. But when you have somebody who does not listen to God and you say he's a good guy, she's a good girl, praise the name of Jesus. Please, choice is very important. And many people who will say, God told me this person is my spouse, so even though the person is misbehaving, there was a girl, she has broken up with the guy now though, so it was now funny when we were talking about it. Before it was not funny. And she said, <laughs> God told the guy, spiritual guy, and the spiritual guy did this a lot, no offense, that she was his spouse, so she agreed to date him. But he had her friend, he really liked her friend. So don't wonder, ah, if one God told me that this girl is my wife, it's you and I. If God told you, that was the more reason why you should fear God. <laughs> so many times, there was, there was another lady, a friend of mine was telling me about a lady friend of hers in the north. That one, I just said, tell her what to do. She said, she doesn't, let me give you the story. Dating somebody, a man of God, had his own ministry. Had been pregnant for him four times. Had aborted four times. The fifth one, the guy wanted her to abort. And then she's like, I don't want to do it. And he started using spiritual that God was going to punish her. And she believed. Please, I hope you people are listening. When you choose, this person's life must be in line with the faith they profess. I said, the girl wants to talk to her. I said, Let her tell her to break up. She said, ah, she's afraid. I said, me too, I'm afraid to talk to her. Must be in line with the faith they profess. See, eh, let me tell you a story I'd never share. And I'll tell you why I don't share it. See, she's not disturbing us now. I'll tell you why I don't share it. So many years ago, before I married my husband, I saw a vision of Celebration Church. And we're not even dating. And it was our 70th anniversary, and I was wearing a red dress. And I saw the way the church would look like. And I saw our kids. The reason why I don't share that story is because I needed to put my head down 
and make that relationship work and not just focus on the vision I saw. Because no matter how supernatural your convictions are, if you don't work on a relationship, it will not work. Praise the name of Jesus. So you must choose wisely. You must choose wisely. Praise the name of Jesus. Please, this is very, very important. God is so merciful and so graceful. And he wants the best for your home. But when you choose wrong, it's not the same way you can believe, you can, you can choose not to believe in God for a healing and not get a healing. And it doesn't mean that God cannot heal. You just make it impossible in your own life because you don't believe. Praise the name of Jesus. So this is very important. That's the reason why if you're in a relationship with someone, your leaders should know. There was a guy that came to this church, told three different women that God told them, God told him they are his wives. <laughs> three different girls. Praise the name of Jesus. One pastor said a church is a hospital. Sick people also come. And those sick people is not all of them that are responding to treatment. Some are responding. Some are not responding. We love all of them. But when you want to choose, when you want to say, I want, maybe you go to a, a mental hospital, for example, for example, I say, I feel some difficult days. They are doing better. I want some to come and live with me. You don't just choose the one that looks like it's okay. Because when it comes to this and that, it's the one that looks calm. Please, I, I want to be as real as possible with you guys. Because I think sometimes you don't talk about this stuff enough in church. And you think you are the only one going through something. And you are not. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And that's the reason why we want to... Your pastors want to be there for you. Don't go through stuff alone in your relationships. You know, my dad told me a joke. Mental hospitals, they wanted to do tests to realize people that were, like I said, responding to treatment. So they put a house, a cardboard, put it on the wall. And they all of you enter. They drew the house. And all of them rushed to enter. And this particular guy just sat down calmly. And they were like, ah, thank God, at least one person is responding. And they're like, they went to meet the guy, like better person now. I said, don't mind all these mad people. You see me? I have the key to that house right here. <laughs> Please. <laughs> See, using your spirit is not always mutually exclusive from using your... It's not always mutually exclusive. Is it not God that gave you brain? Shabby is God. When we want to lay our hands, when we want to speak in tongues, this is not mouth we use. We use mouth to speak in tongues, hands to lay on people. It's still a spiritual thing. Brain to think in line with the word of God. Praise the Lord. So please let my people think. You have a spiritual, what's it called? Spiritual conviction about this person. That's okay. But some things should line up. Praise the name of the Lord. Please. 
Psalm 11.3 says, If the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And I've seen so many Abigails in my life that are moved to tears. Someone that if this person had just been patient enough to wait for somebody who had sense. Not even money, just sense. She would have done so much with her life. Praise the name of the Lord. See, let me tell you, it's better for you to be single, praying to be married. And for you to be married, and praying to be single. Praise the name of Jesus. They don't calculate commas. So be wise. Hallelujah. Alright, the third thing I want to talk about. Oh, how many of us know um, what I talk about when I talk about God choosing a spouse for you? Do I address that? Does God choose for people? Do I address that? No, okay, I've addressed it before. Alright, so another thing I, I will mention is the issue of attraction. You know how when we want to encourage you not to have sex before marriage, we tell you, don't worry, when you get married, you can have sex every day if you want. Are we? Have you heard that phrase before? Like, don't worry, when you get married, you can have sex every day. How many of you have actually thought that it's possible to maybe have sex every day in marriage? I wouldn't want to marry people. But you can ask them like every single day. <laughs> Why I'm saying this is because... <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> Why I'm saying this is because many times we choose spouses based on that notion. Do you understand? They're like, ah, his shape. And when your idea of marriage is sex every day, morning after night, it makes sense to choose only based on shape and looks. Abby? But only, and I don't mean to bust your bubble, sex is great. It is, I won't lie. I mean, I have two kids, not like. <laughs> but you, it's only a fraction of your marriage that will be spent having sex. Like, let's say you choose the everyday scenario. Okay, let's just, let's just stretch it. One hour a day. <laughs> some people are blushing I will talk about it because sometimes you go to movies you have a sex, all of you sit down there you are watching so let's actually talk about it are we permitted? okay good thank you thank you sir so you go to movies no, no movies sorry so okay you decide okay yes we're going to be having sex every day how many hours are there in a day? okay by your estimate how many hours in a day Will you be having sex in marriage? Talk now. I think I want to go to that bar. <laughs> Shala, by your estimates. <laughs> okay, so do we say two hours? <laughs> okay, more realistic. <laughs> One hour. Okay, you must, you know that there are so many of you that are not very experienced. So let's say one hour, <laughs> one hour, one whole hour. So, <laughs> so yeah. So let's say you have sex one hour every day. Please, what is the percent when you compare one hour with twenty-four hours? What's the percentage? No, I'm not. As I'm here, I'm waiting for answer. I'm not even thinking because my math is bad. It's not, is it, how many percent? Is it up to 1%? It's less than 
four, about four points something, Pastor Mara. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so. I'm happy to know our pastor is also calculating. <laughs> Which is good. So, let's say 5% of your marriage is spent having sex. And you have made a decision that does not include the next of the 95% of your life. See, I won't go lie to you. Attraction is important. But it's not everything. 5%. Okay, let's add the fact that maybe the children will not look like the person. That's 10%. <laughs> the remaining 90%, you have to make decisions with this person. When you have a health issue, this is the person that is going to determine the outcome of your life. Whether they should put you, God forbid, on life support. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you want to raise children, it's this person. Sometimes this person will determine whether you are even promoted at work because there are some people who go to the office to fight with their spouses. This person is going to determine the outcome of your business or career if you will even have one. Going to determine to a large extent your ministry. I told that lady that boyfriend had to bed five times. So let's go into ministry. I said, so, the way I'm traveling up and down now, then I traveled a lot. I will now be calling to check my husband. So where are you now? So who are you with? So what are you doing? I said, you don't have time for that. Attraction is beautiful. Am I a really, really handsome guy? Take it from me. <laughs> and don't comment, we are a girl. <laughs> ah, I saw that was a great picture. One girl that doesn't know I'm a praying woman now went to. <laughs> went to my husband's house. She said, You are that cute guy that was. I said, Who is this one? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> so please, what I'm trying to say is attraction is important, but don't choose only based on attraction. Don't let those music videos confuse you. Nothing about moving of bomb bomb translates to love that now translates to marriage and life improvement praise the name of jesus a pastor said that who you choose to determine you will see prayer in marriage but who you choose to determine whether you will have a prayer point or a prayer partner praise the name of jesus so it depends i know some of you you need prayer points <laughs> praise the name of jesus the next one is a laziness problem. And I don't mean laziness in, like a, um, in a degrading way or anything. It reminds me of a song by Outbus Music Group. You know, I always have access to I just remember, I was like, Pastor is preaching, so he will not be watching if he's live. When I'm mad, he will record it. <laughs> so let me behave myself. <laughs> People have the idea that once you choose with God, the work is over. Like, you've already chosen well. Last Sunday in the Abuja church, Pastor was giving an example. And he used the example, so it's not as if I'm judging him. I'm just telling you what he said <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> and he was like, 
Well, that's what I did him. I will visit him or he will visit me. Then, he will escort me. If I visit him, he will not escort me to my house. Yeah. I mean, there is nothing impossible with you. There's no place you can go when you enter a bike. No place. It was in my dating relationship that I entered bike from Festac to Island. <sighs> I'm sorry, alive, but we have to tell this story. So he will visit, I will visit him, then he will escort me, lived in the Kotsu. In case you don't know, your pastor is living in the Kotsu. And then he will escort me to Festac. And then. <laughs> It's love. It's love. <laughs> and then, wait now. I'll now escort him to the bus stop. On the, bus stop, on the way to the bus stop, we'll now just... Then sometimes, just a lot of excursions. <laughs> and then I'm telling you guys the story the way he said it. The way he said the story, as I'm telling it. What's the one this time? Sorry. Ha. Huh. Okay. Sorry. Eh? Alright. Do you want to accept each other like that? It was really cool. Then we now got married. According to him. <laughs> His wife and I say, Come and take me to the bus stop. Just here. Oh. And we lived like the distance was not even up to any of those excursion distances. And be like, uh, I'm busy now. <laughs> According to him. Of course, he works on it. Some extent. Is <laughs> a, a really awesome husband. So, but many of us think that once you've chosen the right person, you don't need to work on it anymore. And let me let me let me use an example that makes me look bad, since I've already used one that makes Pastor look not so great. When my mother was dating me, I was like this. What he didn't know is that that period, I was fasting. And I was the final year. <laughs> and I, had, I was still trying to date him. So I was not sure. So all the emotional things made me look slim. But he met me at that point in my life. <laughs> and then we got married and I just said I had to wait. And on one hand I was like, just love me like that. But I began to ask myself, if this guy was overweight, is this something I would like? So it wasn't a situation of, I will love you if you don't lose weight. Do you understand? But the work was necessary. So the same way you guys are trying to curry each other's favor now, pulling surprises for this person, looking good for this person, going out of your way to do better for the sake of this person, let it not stop when you guys have dated one year, two years. Let it not stop in the relationship. Work is very important. To so work on yourself and say, I don't think I should continue to be exploding like this when I'm angry. Or to say, I know I cry easily, but maybe I should work on it. Praise the name of Jesus. You know, let me ask you a question. How many ladies, if you read relationship books in 2018, let me see your hand. Relationship, where is it all very well? Okay, down. Guys, if you read relationship books in 2018, let me see your hands. Can you see the difference? 
Please put your hands down. Thank you. Because more often than not, even if someone's supposed to have a relationship books, we know it's girls. But when the other person is not getting the information in those materials, not going for those seminars, not going for those conferences, not reading those books, and is supposed to lead the home, it becomes an issue in the relationship. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So work is important. No person always says after salvation, the next demand is knowledge. After I love you, the next most important thing is what? Knowledge. Knowing how relationships work, knowing how to communicate, and making efforts. I've told you guys the story about one time when mother and I had a very intense conversation. Because they say pastors and their wives don't quarrel that they have intense conversations. So we had this one. And after that one we went, we forgave each other, we hung out, took pictures, put it on social media. <laughs> and one guy was just like, ah, couple goals. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> because if you see a relationship that is working to the best of your knowledge, it's not so easy, but it's possible. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's not what, but it's what. You have to work on it. You have to work on it. Many times working on it implies that you work on yourself. Praise the name of Jesus. You have to be intentional. Paul was saying about ministry in 1 Corinthians 15, 10. He says, but by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yes, not I, but the grace of God which was with me. So grace, in the same way, grace for a happy home is available. But you have to labor more abundantly. You have to forgive more abundantly. You have to learn more abundantly. You have to communicate more abundantly. More often than not, when couples start having issues after the first year of the relationship, that first year, that first year, who can, who is, if you're dating somebody, can you remember the first, the morning after you said yes? Can you remember the way you felt? Like, everything was brighter. <laughs> I still remember the day after I said yes. 31st July 2011. I said yes on the 30th. It was 31st. And I just woke up like, I was just smiling. For no reason. I'm just like, how are you? I'm so fine. <laughs> and then one lady told me, she said, oh, meet my, I think I said yes on the Saturday. I think that was the Saturday. I'm not sure again. But a few days later or the next day. She said, meet my fiance. His name is Emmanuel. I mean, how old fiance? And I was like, are you serious? Like the universe is just working in my favor. <laughs> the birds are singing. And even all those animals you didn't like before, I guess like, oh, this rat is so cute. <laughs> it's just... It's just... Like, it's just so... You can have that going forward. What you have to now intentionally work on it. So many times in that first year, the birds are singing and everything. And the way you save the person's number on your phone, a friend of mine in Abuja, and the name she used to save the person's number on her phone. And I saw it, it was a very cute pet name. I said, you have not yet fought, Abby. 
I said, by that you will fight. And he starts trying to call you. Or you're taking your phone and he's not calling to apologize. He just, he just put his first name. <laughs> I know because I did it. <laughs> just put his first name. So if you said I saw the guy's um, first name. <laughs> the rest is personal. <laughs> so there's grace for a happy home, but you have to work on it. Many times after that first year, that's when couples now begin to have challenges. It's no longer fun. How many of us have been there? Don't say yes if you're sitting down beside your boyfriend. It's no longer fun. And many people say, oh, well, I'm not really feeling I think the word they use is feeling it. Like, I'm not really feeling it. What do you think? And, of course, you know love is not a feeling, it's not an emotion. But many times I've realized and this is just from experience, this is not based on the word of God, but from experience, my little experience, I've realized that if you can get through that first year, if you can get through that not feeling it, to intentionally work on it, to intentionally spend more time together, be kinder to each other, pray more together, do you understand? Two things would happen. When you, after you make all the effort you need to make, two things will happen. It's either the relationship will end, or you guys will be stronger after it. But many couples don't take out time to build that first year. Just like, I'm not feeling excited the way I used to feel. And they move on. Praise the name of Jesus. So that's just a pointer for some of us. Do you get? But if your if relationship marriage is going to work, you need to put the work in. I remember one time, it was after the first year, or around that time, that my husband began to send reminders. Call Laju. Do you understand? And because you are intentional about something does not mean that it's, it's forced. Do you get? Sometimes, if, for example, my daughter, if I'm supposed to maybe feed her, because she doesn't like to eat my older daughter, if I'm supposed to feed her, I might just put a reminder, for example, and say, feed the Dima at this time. And because I'm reminding myself to do it does not mean it doesn't come naturally to me. Do you understand? But because it's important, do you get? Because it's important, I'm intentional about it. So you could be in a marriage relationship and realize, ah, we haven't had sex in a while. And you say, okay, let's schedule. No worry. You, it's, it's difficult to imagine, imagine scheduling sex now, Abby. Like when you're single. Because like I said, if you like, every day. Abby now. And they say, okay, let's schedule. It doesn't mean that the love is no longer there. Do you understand? But sometimes life gets in the way. Because you are intentional about doing something, doesn't mean it's not natural. Do you understand? Please, bear that in mind. Praise the name of the Lord. Ha! Huh. Yes, so I've talked about this. Huh. Sir, even when it's no longer fun, it's still possible that it can work. Just do your best. The fourth one is no mentorship. That's what issue, no mentorship. I love you guys so much. But I just want to mention here that as much as I love you and I'm honored to be your pastor and your pastor's wife, one of your pastors and your pastor's wife, it's not my role to beg your boyfriend when he breaks up with you. It's not my place. It has happened to me. I don't know what's up with this Lagos church. Somebody I've never seen before. Just message me. You don't know me, but I know you. I'm dating so and so. She broke up with me, or he broke up with me, helped me to beg. That's your first time of talking to me. 
And Pastor receives worse messages too. <laughs> ah, that guy is trying. <laughs> Please. If you are dating someone, I'm not asking that you must announce it. I think sometimes it's better to be discreet about your relationship. So that it's a dating relationship. There's a reason why when she said yes, you didn't just marry immediately. Because there's a possibility that you may not marry. So it's okay to be discreet. Everybody doesn't necessarily have to know that you are dating. But it's not okay to be private. It's okay to be what? Discreet. Say discreet. But it's not okay to be private. It's not when it is wrong that the first time the pastor should know about the relationship is when you will break up and you need somebody to help you beg. It's wrong. If you are dating somebody and it saves, it saves you from a whole lot. If you are with somebody, pastor should know. If pastor can know, you have pastors here that should know. It's not as if we are going to have to in the relationship and say, hey, hey, so what happened? Well, as you will quarrel. Or hey, hey. But especially especially when you need somebody to be accountable to when the touching is too much. Or you also don't know what I mean. What anointing here with anointing oil. No mentorship. That's the reason why many people are in Christ and in love and in trouble. Because your leaders don't know you are together. They don't know you are together. They can't keep watch over you. They can't ask you so how far now, eh, when I meet people, because of a lot of things that, by God's grace, I've seen, I want to know, so how far have you gone? And how can we help you stay further away until wedding? Nobody wants to control your life. But who wants to be there for you? Who wants to be there for you? You have good pastors. Let them know what you are going through. And... We might correct you, we might be harsh, but we won't judge. You won't hear your story outside. Praise the name of Jesus. Please, you're dating somebody, let the church know. It doesn't have to be a public thing. In fact, eh, now looking back, I realize that if I knew better when I was dating my husband, I may have toned it down just a little. Because then, when you want to end a relationship, you can now know whether you are ending it because the relationship is not working, or you're staying together because everybody knows we're dating. You know that thing? Like everybody knows we're dating, let's stay together because when you marry the wrong person, everybody's going to come and live with you. Their name's going to be on marriage certificates. They're also going to be part of the house. They'll help you raise your children. Just So stay because of them. So many times it's okay to be discreet. But to be private is a no-no. It's a no-no. So many Christian couples are in trouble because of lack of mentorship. Even as a married person, there are times when I still go to mentors and ask questions. That's why pastor will always tell you, don't submit to a guy who is not submitted to anybody else. The guy will tell you, okay, let's talk to pastor. Ah, the way that pastor is to do, look at that, he suits now. See, what of pastor my wife say, ah, I beg, I beg. If, if somebody has an issue with every authority in his or her life, the issue is not the authority, the issue is the person. And when you marry them, you are going to learn that for free. For free. Because the same way you were agreeing with him or her when they were saying everybody else was the issue, 
By the time people start dating and you see it in your eyes and you break up, other people are going to believe that you too were also, you were also the issue. Praise the name of Jesus. There's something I didn't plan to say that I really want to say today and I've been saying. I hope it's helping you guys. Alright, very good. Praise the name of Jesus. So, mentorship is important. Mentorship is important. Hebrews 13, 17, it says, Obey them that have rule over you. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch over your souls. Praise the name of Jesus. Proverbs 11:14 says, Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is what? Safety. There is safety. That's the reason why we are getting married. We take our time to counsel you and your spouse before getting married. Praise the name of Jesus. Alright, so very, very, very important. If there is an issue going on, tell us. This person is beating you. We all think the person is an amazing person because the person dresses nice in church. Tell us. This person is constantly unfaithful. No need to tell me. You are dating somebody that is cheating. Leave them. What did I say? Yes. Please, I hope you are hearing me. Marriage does not change anybody. What did I say? It does not. I was watching a video of a lady whose husband had beat her several times so mercilessly. One time, he finished using the toilet and cleaned himself on her. Then carried her head, put it inside a bucket, waited till she almost drank, brought it out. And he started before they got married. And she was within 13 years. Three children. Three children, 13 years. You don't deserve to be treated like that. And your response to, to, to understand that you don't deserve to be treated like that is not to shout at the person and say, you don't deserve to be treated like that. It's to carry your bag and leave. Dating relationship. They are beating you. Because I provoked him. Even in marriage, you won't provoke the person. In marriage, you won't get angry with him in marriage. Thank you. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. Please be wise. And then I also talk about sex. Again. Can I? Okay. Genesis. Genesis 2.24 The reason why I'm talking about sex in this way, and I'm, I'm, I'm using the word, I'm getting you guys comfortable with it, is because somehow we've, maybe as a church, not as a celebration church, but the church as a whole, may have communicated the idea that sex is not a good thing. Do you get? If I get this guy who did this video where he said he had Rema. <laughs> the Rema was like, if you're sleeping with your wife and your wife is on top. And don't imagine that. <laughs> You will go to hellfire. <laughs> because the man is supposed to be. Preach nonsense. Praise the name of the Lord. The reason why I want to talk about sex is because sex is awesome. And it was God's idea in the first place. And maybe if you realize how awesome it is, you realize how awesome it is to wait. I'm not just telling you, don't do it, don't do it. You shouldn't do it. But I'm telling you, it's so special that it's okay and marvelous and perfect and ideal and a beautiful thing to wait. 
And this is regardless of your past. No one interesting random thing about the, the virgins, the ten virgins, is that they were all virgins. <laughs> some were foolish, some were wise. And even the foolish ones were still virgins, <laughs> but they didn't enter into the kingdom. Do you get? So it's not virginity or the lack thereof that makes you acceptable before God. It's the fact that you are a new creature in Christ. Praise the name of Jesus. So the reason why you should keep your body is not ah, if you keep yourself, your husband will respect you. <laughs> you didn't know you said it out loud, I mean. <laughs> it's because you are really special. And whether you are a guy or a girl, your body is really special. Like the Holy Ghost, you have him. I think it's just, it's just, it's inside of you. And not only does he want you to wait, he has empowered you to wait, regardless of your past. God is not like you have done it before, so it doesn't matter. He's on your inside, empowering you. He's letting you know that not only is this okay, it's possible. It's very possible. I don't want to work under the assumption that nobody's doing it because experience has proved otherwise, not personal experience, but experience has proved that uh, otherwise that people are doing it. But there's even an important truth. Not everybody is doing it. Not what? Not everybody. We've come to a number of couples that in this church we have to explain. So this is how we, you know. And after the wedding, and they say, ah, I'm not sure I understood very well. And you explain again. Do it like this. Check this. Not, because some people say, how do you know they are not, there are some things you can't pretend about. Because for them to even talk about it with you, it's not an easy discussion to have. People are waiting. So it's not like everybody's doing it. It's also not like nobody's doing it. Not everybody's doing it. And when I, when I say doing it, I mean having sex, fornicating. Nobody wants to use the word fornication because it sounds so sinful. They say doing it, sleeping together, getting physical, getting intimate. <laughs> fornication, please. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best way I say, flee fornication. <laughs> it sounds more, you know, flee. Don't say, ah. Don't worry, don't worry. Do you know that if you don't flee, you people can be together. Child, 30 devotion will be playing. You will still be having sex. I kid you not. See, yes, every other thing eh, is a sin forever. Like if you still today, you say, still tomorrow is a sin. See, sex is not like that. If it happens today, you are not married, it's a sin. If it happens tomorrow, you are married, it's not a sin. If it does not happen tomorrow, you are married. It's almost a sin. <laughs> because God designed your body to respond to somebody else's body. So it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, let me not say it's not the devil per se that is causing you to have those feelings. Do you understand? God himself put them there. I want you to read Genesis. Genesis 2, 24. Huh. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife, which is a very interesting word to use. 
and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not what? So they were like, ha, we are doing it to God is seeing us, so he's checking who is on top. Mm. Unashamed. God too was not ashamed because it was his idea. He wants you to enjoy yourself and have fun. And you have the most fun when you're with somebody. See, God designed that you sleep with one person for the rest of your life. That's his idea. And you cannot be sure that you will marry somebody until you have married them. What did I say? Mm. Say, ah, don't worry now. We'll soon get married. One year. Until you have said, I do, I do. In front of pastor. Praise the name of Jesus. Please, sex was God's idea in the first place. And you can flee fornication. You know, it's interesting that in the New Testament we are told to flee fornication 15 times. The man in Christ. It's important to God. And it's very possible for you. Praise the name of Jesus. Ah, I have to run. So how do you flee? Number one, be of the same mind. If you are dating somebody who doesn't think sex is a big deal, you're already 50% there. Because even when two of you say we are going to wait, it's so hard. Am I right or am I right? Wait, now am I right? Okay, because I did it a pastor and I know it was hard. So there's somebody that does not mind at all. You're already 50% there. If you're the only person saying let's wait, it's going to happen. Praise the name of Jesus. And then watch your heart. So pornography or masturbation is not the way to stay until the wedding night. If you have issues with that, I have a free ebook based on my personal experience on my blog, gladiarian.com. It's called a habit note, so you can check that out. And then learn to trust the Holy Ghost. Galatians 5.16 says, Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So trust the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. Another thing is to use your head. What did I say? Proverbs 6.27 Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? What's the answer to that? Somebody asked, like, Is it okay to go on vacation with your boyfriend or girlfriend? Is in the questions we are going to be answering now. The answer is, it's not a sin. Like if I go outside and I start rolling my body on the floor, is it a sin? Why is it wise? It's not a kind of things. You are not married. Do everything together. Sleep on the same bed because you are made of wood, man of steel. Nothing will happen. Use your head for Christ's sake. See, yeah. let me just, let me continue because we're out of time. Use your head, use your head. So, you don't just put yourself in situations where temptation will find you. The devil is already a roaring lion seeking for a home to divorce. You don't have to carry yourself and say, I'm here, I'm here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Use your head. Be accountable. I've already talked about that. And the final thing, I will not be able to finish everything I have to say, so I think I'll stop with this final thing. It's called communication and submission. What did I call it? You know how somebody is asking you to marry them or to date them? They can do anything. Practically anything. Take you places, carry your bag. You guys are friends. You're on top of the world. Then after a while, the person will now say you should submit. It's like a shocker. Like, ah. I remember the first time my husband wanted me to do something without explaining to me what, why. I was like, ah, where is that guy that was just everywhere a few months ago? Praise the name of Jesus. Ha, 
this one is a long one, but I'll try and keep it quick. So first of all, if you're a lady, choose someone you can submit to. If you can't submit to them, don't choose them. However, even that person that you are choosing may not always be deserving of your submission. Is the truth. It's easy to submit when that person is smarter, doing like when you enter the airplane. How many of us fly? Okay. When you enter the airplane, do you go and check for the pilot? And be like, can I see your certifications, please? We don't do that because we trust that he knows where he's going to. But when we enter down for the driver, where did they go? Move like this, leave the road. Because you don't really trust. And sometimes when you are with somebody, no matter how bright the person is, no matter how responsible, no matter how wise, there are times where he will be a pilot. There are other times where this person will make mistakes. But the Bible is clear about who the leader is in a relationship. It's a man. It's a man. I say, why, why, why must women submit? Why must they submit? Me, I would rather submit than love. Because Christ died for the church. And me, I ain't dying for nobody here. <laughs> so my job is see, when we understand how difficult both roles are, we get the idea. I think it's many, many, many men are just like, submit to me, even if I'm wrong, submit to me. And I'm like, even if I'm not deserving, you have to love. I don't think God is really a fan of... When you look at the relationship between Christ and the church, you don't really see dating intelligently. Like, I'm like, you know this person is going to stab you in the back. Yes, you are dying. Praise the name of Jesus. And that's what should happen in a marriage. Praise the name of the Lord. So, you must choose somebody that you can submit to, but realize that there are times when this person may not always be deserving of your submission, but you trust God's instruction, you trust his word, and you allow this, your leader, your man, to make mistakes. Because when you make the mistake and you don't just say, I told you so, it's more likely to take your advice in the future. But when you make the mistake and you say, I told you, we should not pass it, see traffic, three hours, ah. When you're just quiet, smiling, no problem, it will be okay. Next time when you say, let's pass, he will even ask you, so where do you think we should pass? Or he carries on your head. Praise the name of Jesus. So you can be gracious when your leader is wrong. Do you understand? But I'm not asking you to now choose downfall driver. Choose pilot. Understand that pilots may make mistakes. But trust. Not just the person, but trust God. And then learning to communicate. Ha! I think I will preach most of I will start from the end of this message when I teach the Abuja message so that I can measure up and you guys can listen to that. James 1.19 says, Wherefore, my brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. This singular verse will help your communication in your relationship. If you seek to listen first and speak later, forgive all the time and not be unnecessarily angry, it will work. Many times when we say communication, you just imagine yourself talking and you miss the whole entire point. Praise the name of Jesus. So communication is very important. Understanding the role. I think Pastor Pastor T already read 
from Ephesians 5 when he was talking about men loving their wives and women submitting to their own husbands. And it doesn't mean that women should submit to every man you get, but to your own, to your own husbands. But there's also a way that you should respect people around you. If you don't honor and respect people around you, it's not going to appear suddenly in marriage. Praise the name of Jesus. Ha, I think I will just stop at this final. Pastor D, is our time up? Alright, so, um, ha, let me just say this one and then we'll be off. Praise the name of Are you learning something today? I know I am, I'm glad. Yeah, another, another issue with um, Christian relationships is the, is the wrong expectation of love. Wrong expectations of love. Many times we imagine somebody opening the door for us, cooking for us, doing things for us. But what you have to realize is that marriage is about serving the other person. Relationships are about serving the other person. Even sex is about serving the other person. And so if you only enter a relationship for you, you'll never be fulfilled. So on one hand, when you are dating someone, you date with your eyes open, you pick someone that to some extent you can be vulnerable with and not be taken advantage of. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So I'm not saying love is about service. So you pick somebody who only thinks about themselves so you can serve them. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? But when you now get into the relationship, service must be on your mind. How can I spur this person on to good works? How can I be a blessing to this person? And when you both have the other person's best interest at heart, then you can be in Christ and in love and out of trouble. Praise the name of Jesus. I want us to pray. Can we pray before the questions? All right. I want us to spend some time praying. Let's rise to our feet. Hallelujah. All right. So I want you to make some confessions. And say, I handle my life and my relationships with wisdom. I choose wisely as led by the Holy Ghost. I have grace to maintain a sexually pure relationship. And I do so. Say, I'm teachable. I'm forgiving. I'm discerning. I have a glorious home with no regrets. Say, my partner and I will bring out the best in one another. We will build a home that glorifies God. I want you to pray in that line in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for wisdom to handle our relationships. Thank you because we build homes that glorify your name. In the name of Jesus, as people in dating relationships, we maintain sexually pure relationships. In the name of Jesus, thank you for healing for those of us who have had past hurts and abuse. Thank you, Lord, just for healing for us. In the name of Jesus, thank you because those of us who are wives are submissive and those of us who are husbands love our wives as Christ loved the church. Thank you, Daddy, because we are forgiving, we are wise in the way we handle our relationships. Lendo koshi nom blanda blande koshi da black tekete. Lendom zizo te koshi da black takade. Thank you because grace is made available to us. And with this grace, we labor more abundantly in wisdom. Ze koshenda blanda krade koshi tegas. Lembrio shute katabala tenzu sek lendo koshi no brakikas. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Lord, we thank you. Because among other things, Celebration Church, 
will be a church that has solid homes in the name of Jesus. For every single person, for every married person, for everybody in a dating relationship. Thank you for your wisdom that guides our affairs in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we see glorious homes. We see no divorce in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you praise and glory in Jesus and we pray. Praise the Lord. Please be seated. Let me make a final announcement before I go and take questions. Yeah, so my book is being launched today, um, my twenty one novel. <laughs> but I don't want to overshadow the love quote. I just like to mention it. Finding Miriam Loving Amanda is the twenty one. How many of you guys read the earlier one? Loving Amanda. Oh, thank you guys. So did you enjoy it? Yay, thank you. So be sure to get your copy. Another thing I want to mention before I go and sit down. See, I'm already going. Is because a relationship ends does not mean you failed. Some relationships are most productive on their last day. On the day you say, I'm not doing again. That is the best and most productive day of that relationship. Praise the name of Jesus. Because sometimes Christians, because they are believers, they want to be like, ah, so we broke up, everybody now knows. Because a dating relationship ends does not mean you failed. When you meet somebody that finally has sense, and that you can share your life, it will now begin to make sense. Praise the name of Jesus. So be resilient. But nowhere to say goodbye. Praise the Lord. Can we chorus? Thank you, PL. We're really blessed by that. And we have many, many, many questions. Um, I'll be taking some of them. We have tried to group them together. So um, I hope that our questions will be um, answered in one way or the other. And the first one says, how can I get a crush? How can I get over a crush on someone? That's a, that's a good question. I think I've realized that, because I used to have a lot of questions at some point in my life, and I'm questioning the one and only same guy like every day forever. So, the other time in my life I used to have so many questions, and I realized that it helps not to keep telling people about it. Because when you tell, I don't know, the way girls do, when you tell this person I have a question on this guy, she will now tease you when your other friends are there and guys are there. And it now becomes more difficult to get over the guy because even when you are trying to forget it, they are there to remind you, see your crush. Do you understand? So I think it helps not to talk about it. Prayer also helps. Do you understand? And then sometimes um, it's possible to not get over a crush, but to be wise about the way you handle a relationship with someone. You don't want it to be as if, you don't want it to be so obvious. That the guy now knows, everybody now knows. It's possible to have a crush on someone for years and not just go out there and announce it. Do you understand? Because many times guys don't like to be pursued. <laughs> so one person said, imagine a hunter going to shoot and then he sees the antelope pursuing <laughs> So um, you may not get over a crush immediately, but you want to be wise with the way you handle something. You don't want it to be like when this person is there. You can't think, you can't talk. Even if you can't think, just pretend like you're thinking very well. Do you understand? But many times it's not really about the crush, but about how you handle yourself during the crush. And that is something that you have control of. Sometimes, by the time you get to know the person, you now realize there was nothing there to it. So another time you have a crush on somebody and you end up marrying the person like me. So, but just be wise about the way you handle the relationship. Okay, so first of all, um, don't talk about it too much. Mm-hmm. Or don't talk about it at all. Mm-hmm. Pray about it and then... Be wise about how you handle it. Yeah, so even if you have the feelings, it doesn't have to be something that you are carrying on your head and on your face. You can still be mature in the way you relate with that person. 
Okay, thank you very much, thank Pierre. You, Pierre. Thank you, Pierre. I know you didn't want to touch this because, and you asked if you had done so, but someone says, can you briefly talk about God choosing a partner for one? I'm a first timer and I haven't heard you talk about it before. Oh, okay, so the reason, one of the reasons why I didn't mention it was I actually talk about it in my book, Dating Intelligent, in like one or two whole chapters. And I tried to make today's message different because almost everybody has read the book, so there was that. What, um, we talk, what we agree on as a church, and our pastor has said about it, is the fact that God will not choose for you, but with you. So if we look at Adam and Eve, we realize that God brought Adam to Eve to see what he would call her. And it was Adam himself who now said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Another example, if you look at Rebecca and Isaac, you realize that um, we see that the, the servants who went to find Rebecca for Isaac, actually had something in mind. He didn't just say the girl that is wearing red so bad will be the one. He wanted somebody who was hospitable, who was kind. Do you understand? So we see him having something in mind and then a touch of the supernatural because it happens to be a woman, not a man, who poured water for the camels. The third one is Hosea and his prostitute wife, Goma. And Hosea was a demonstrative prophet. And now God speaks to us, to us not through demonstrative prophets, but through the Holy Ghost. So more often than not, it's a decision. Do you understand? So you choose... You choose in line with God's word and God's will. Sometimes you may get a supernatural confirmation. Some other times you might not. But you can choose wisely by yourself. But you should get the book. you get a better understanding. Yeah, I did want to mention that if you, there's so many questions here that are answered in Dating Intelligently. And I'm sure we have copies of Dating Intelligently. Thank you, Pierre. This one is very important. Uh, I, know, I know because I've been asked before. My partner and I are both AS. We made some research and found that there are options such as tests and other conceptual p- procedures that prevent having sickle-celled children. We, b- have both, we have both agreed to stay in the relationship together. However, we, are, we have a challenge on how to communicate to both parents because they are particular about this condition. Okay. Um, I heard, and I, I haven't seen anybody who has conceived children through that method. But I hear that there's a branch of IVF where you screen um, children that, that have A genotype, uh, seeds that have A genotype with another one that has A and you mix it together and it's an IVF procedure. And I hear it's pretty expensive. I hear from research, do you understand? Um, but it's not a decision that you should make overnight. You need to speak to doctors. You need to find out how many people have actually conceived children through that process. And I think it's responsible to say, if we don't conceive this way, we don't want to conceive any other way. And I'm more intentional about this because while preparing for this message, I was watching um, a lady talk about how she once treated um, a family that had seven SS children. Seven. I also know a family that had four children and all of them, there was no SS among them. The, the pain is not something you want someone you love to go through. Do you understand? So if you are doing this, you must, I think, eventually it's up to you. But I think you must make it to say, if we can't have children through this IVF method, which we must have researched before getting married, spoken to doctors, figuring out how much it costs, it might be best not to have kids at all. And I'm really a sappy person, like I like emotions and everything, but when you watch, there was a lady who was talking to in that same show I watched about how she had to be in a medically induced coma for two weeks because the pain was unbearable. They say the pain of being SS sometimes when you have a crisis, right, is equal to, when I heard it's like labor pain. Labor pain. 
I can't relate to any other thing, but I can relate with labor pain. And labor pain is just for a few hours. So it's something that you have to be really realistic about. If you have all your research, you, you know doctors that have done that kind of procedure, or you've saved up for that procedure, you can now connect those people to your parents and say, because I personally will not allow my child who is AS, marry somebody who is AS, until I can see you say, this is the doctor that did this procedure and, and produced AA or AS children. Do you get So if you have those facts, you have the figures, you can now introduce such people to your parents. But see, there are some times where there are some things you go through that you begin to doubt the love and emotions you may have felt at the beginning. And I don't mean to be a bearer of bad news, but it's the truth. But if you do more research and then you have um, information that is really reliable, that has been tested, then you can present that to your parents, you might convince them. Thank you, Pastor Laju. Um, this person still, you know, asks, how far is too far when it comes to getting physical in a dating relationship? Um, usually people ask, why must you go far at all? Let me just explain to you, and I will tell you this for free. If you kiss today, <laughs> I was about to say God be judged, but I was kidding. If you kiss today, kissing will not be enough tomorrow. I can guarantee you that one. The farther you go, the farther you want to go. The way those emotions are, I can tell you something for free. It's not going to be abated when you've just gone a little farther. Until you've reached the end point, it's going to keep getting more intense. The more you touch, the more you want to touch. So be wise about it. If you're planning to get married three years from now, and you are kissing today, or two years from now, or a year from now, and you are kissing today, uh, it's going to be much more difficult to wait. If I know a couple that maybe they are getting married in three months, and they kiss today, I might not really dance for them, but they have more hope. <laughs> oh, it's true now, you have more hope of waiting than you that you have already reached SS3 before it's time to enter university. So just be wise. Me, I, I, I feel you should start with as little as possible. It might, not, it might seem so childish to say, okay, we only hold hands. But sometimes you say, okay, we don't kiss on mouth, we only peck. There's a kind of peck that will translate to, you people know what I'm talking about now. That will translate, there's some kind of peck that you not say, ha. So this one sex is also peck. So just be wise. <laughs> no, I didn't have one for three and a half years before I married him. So I can relate. The farther you go, the farther you want to go. So don't forget about going too far. Just don't go far at all. No way. When you get married every day. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Laju. Okay, so this one, um, I think the person means in marriage anyway. It says, what is your take on the styles of sex? Is there anyone considered ungodly or sort of? Okay, so this is my take. And I won't be too intense because of a number of reasons. There are a lot of single people here. Three things I usually tell people who are married or about to get married. Make sure that there are no health implications. And it's all health implications based on what's in your mind. Because sometimes they are married, the person says, I don't want to do that one. Because you must just research. When you research, you know which one has health implications and which one does not have health implications. Another thing is both of you must be in agreement. 
And if you want to do something in marriage that your partner does not want to do, you don't start threatening them with, I will just go and get it outside because people are silly like that. You can encourage them a little, but um, no health implications. Both of you must be in agreement and no third party. No third party implies pornography, maybe even sex toys. Because once, once there's, you know, the thing about sex, the reason about sex really is not even the act itself, it's the intimacy. Knowing that there are just two of you there. By the time you bring in a porn star into your bedroom, the intimacy has been eroded. Do you understand? So, those three things I think will guide you. Okay, we're going to round off now because we don't have time, but yeah. we'll just take maybe two more. It says, I proposed a relationship to a very close friend of mine. After giving much thought to it, she declined, even going as far as requesting our friendship be cut off. Wanting to know her fears, I pestered to know why. Um, in tears, she confessed to having a problem with loving people, even family. Is this a good enough to back down, or is this worth chasing? Okay. Please get her to talk to me. Okay. All right. What do you do if in a relationship everything checks about the person, even spiritually, but you still feel like God is saying no, and you don't want to make a wrong decision, especially knowing people in your life, knowing people in your life have made the wrong decision before? Okay, so this question is twofold. Sometimes you are afraid, especially because people in your life have made a wrong decision. I'm glad you added that. Sometimes you are afraid, and many times when you do anything out of fear, it's not a good enough reason. So if you spend some more time praying about it, it will be clearer to you whether it's a check in your spirit or whether you're just simply afraid. So spend more time praying about it. Okay. I have been having constant conflicts with my partner, dating relationship of three months. I feel he can be really detached and unthoughtful about basic things that are important to me. He thinks my expectations need to be managed because he's doing the best he can and I don't appreciate him. Right now he says I should come up with a pragmatic solution or we should break up. What do I do? Hello, hello. 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 I think, hello, it's a very important question. I think it's one thing to love somebody the way you want to be loved. It's another thing to, to love somebody the way they understand love. Sometimes, ladies can be a bit too emotional, like you must love me the way, like you must call me five times a day, if not you don't love me. But you must learn to draw the line between when somebody is telling you, this is what I need, and somebody is being unreasonable. And so it depends on what your demands are. Because this is not a very easy question to answer generically. If you are saying you haven't called me in two days, and I'm saying come up with a pragmatic way or we break up, my, pra- my, my pragmatic response would be to break up. Do you understand? But if I'm saying, you called me in the morning, you didn't call me in the afternoon, or you called me by 12 p.m., you didn't call me by 4. Do you understand? So it depends on the exact details of the relationship. Then we can now know what to do going forward. But anybody that throws around words like break up so easily is somebody you should watch out for. Anybody that just like, let's break up, let's break up. Sometimes it's best to actually give them what they want. Because marriage is a very long road. So that it's not a situation where this person forgets your birthday this year. You said, when we were dating, it was like, that. the person forgets again next year. See, like I told you, if you make effort and you're intentional, it doesn't make it unnatural. Do you understand? But also, 
you must draw the line between managing what your expectations are. So it depends on the exact details of the relationship. One more. How important a place should level of education play in choosing a potential spouse? The guy is a secondary school leaver and the lady is an MSc holder. I think it depends on two things. I think it depends on you and on your family. I mean, listen, please. Please, let's listen. I think it depends on you and on your family and on the role your family plays in your life. Because whether I like it or not, Nigerian families are very involved. So it depends on you. Personally, my husband is one of the smartest people I know. Do you understand? So I think I may have still married him even if he didn't have the level of qualifications he, he has. But it's not something I can answer because he has a master's and I have a master's. But it depends on you. How do you see this person? This person must be the best in your eyes. Do you understand? He may not be the best in the eyes of every other person, but he must be smart and wise in your eyes. Do you understand? If you're just like, I'm just managing him because I love him, it's going to be a problem. For example, let me give an example. Sometimes, you know, pastor looks young, right? And when we're dating, he looks even younger. And some people will be like, I did this one. And I used to be very mad at them because I didn't used to see him as just this one. I was like, this guy is so smart and he's so visionary and he's so... And because my perception of him was a big one, I didn't see what they were saying. It may have been a different thing if I was like, let me just manage him because we've already started. So if that person is big in your eyes, you are good to go. It also depends on how your family will accept it. Families are different. It depends on how well you can communicate with the person. Sometimes some people are secondary school holders, doing employing people who have MBAs. Do you understand? So it depends on how you can communicate that person to your family in a way that they won't look down on him or her. And if you too can see that person as big in your own eyes and translate what you see into the eyes of your family, nothing else matters.